Hello, hello there. My name is Maureen with my co-host Corey. We are The Real Guys and this is The Real Show with two E's. We are bringing you today the finale, I guess you could call it, of our May the 4th Star Wars month. It's been a long one, but we're very happy to bring you our finale today. As always, I'm coming to my co-host Corey. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing with very well, thank you. With an adjust of his glasses. Yes. We are... <laughs> We are finishing off uh, May the 4th, Star Wars Month, as I said, with our finale. And what a grand finale is a grand finale indeed. It is the, hello there, hello there, it's me, Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm bringing you a review of the pilot, the first episode of my signature series on Disney+. Plus. Hello there, Great. it's me. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Ewan, for that. We spent uh, 50 quid on that. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, he might be saying other things throughout the episode, maybe. maybe he does. Maybe he'll yeah. drop some little wisdoms in there <laughs> occasionally, if he feels like it. Thank you, Ewan. We'll just, we'll just keep you on. Well, what do you think of your lightsaber, Ewan, maybe? Uh, an elegant weapon for a more civilised age. Great. Okay, great. So, yes, we're talking about the first episode of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. That's just actually not too far from when we're doing this. It's not. Just, um, it was originally slated for... Um, May the the Wednesday, I think, in May the twenty. Yeah. I just got my calendar up here. Um, wow. It was slated for the twenty fifth, May twenty fifth, and then was pushed back to the Friday, May twenty seventh. Yes. But instead of releasing one episode, they've released two. Exactly. But we're just going to talk about the. First. We might dabble in the second, just a bit, but just give you some context. But we will be talking mainly about the first episode. Yes. That's what we do. Don't we? we normally like tackle the first episode in the series, and then later on we'll do the rest. Right? Exactly. So these are our first impressions. This is like our first impressions episode, I think. Yes. We'll take a we'll take a relaxed time. We'll take a casual time. We'll take a fun time. So, did you have any expectations going in? What was your experience of, of the hype? Were you in the hype train for this? Uh, yes and no. Were you no. on board the hype train? I was looking forward to it, sure. But I wasn't like looking into every detail of, oh my God. There's this thing in the background, or it's set in this time frame. We could see this, this, and this. I just thought it's coming out in a couple of weeks. I'm going to sit down and watch it, and whatever happens, happens. Nice. I knew what I wanted from the show, um, but I wasn't like seeing if it was the case. Like I know what I want. Right. I know what I want to happen. I know certain things I want to see. Okay. Um, whether or not I'll see them yet. Nice. There's still four episodes left. Yeah. I yeah. could do. I also might not. Mm. Some of which already kind of being hinted at a little bit right well let's start off with the what you mentioned the time frame of this show yeah this is set 10 years after revenge of the sith correct so that's 10 years after the jedi purge that's 10 years after um what is six the pivotal moment the republic transition into the empire and the end of yeah. the clone the end of the clone wars and the separatist crisis and we kick off pretty much with if you haven't watched the prequels <laughs> If you haven't seen the prequels, <laughs> viewers, also, what listeners, what are you doing? Yeah, watch them. What are you doing? Watch them. They're watch great. Em. So watch the prequels, and then watch Obi-Wan. Obi yes. So, hey, uh, I can't believe... I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that they've taken the time, and it was really well edited as well. That little package they played beforehand. It was. That little recap of the prequels was really well edited. And it had everything in there. It had all their great hits. Qui-Gon and, and Darth Maul and the clones and the Battle of Geonosis and everything. And Palpatine, it was it was all in there, right? And I felt they lingered on stuff. There's yeah. been rumours of, of also spoilers by the way for for Obi Wan Kenobi for the first episode. You've not Correct. seen it. Spoilers by the way. You can come back and listen to this afterwards. But they lingered on on Palpatine for quite some time. Obviously, it's a pivotal part of the saga, a yeah. very pivotal part of the saga. Yes. So they need to involve him at some point. But there's rumours of him appearing in this because he was there's a trailer for the new Bad Batch series came out with Celebration Anaheim which was just this weekend mm -hmm. 
um, at the time of recording, uh, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, the biggest Star Wars convention basically in the world, um, held throughout several cities in the US every year. Started starting in 2000, started in 1999, by the way, with the, the release of Phantom Menace. Nice. Um, Celebration Anaheim, yeah, um, in different cities. So this was in Anaheim, of course. So with Star Wars Celebration, there was released of the season two trailer of The Bad Batch, and that trailer had new voice work by Ian McDermott as Palpatine. So we can imagine that he's been busy doing work and such. So poss- there is possibility of him appearing in this. Possibly. Which came with the reveal of something which I'll talk about in a bit, but there was... And then the main focus is, of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. He's in hiding after Order 66. And we see this opening sequence. We're back on Coruscant. By the way, it's our first time seeing the cityscape of Coruscant since the Clone Wars. Okay. Since the ending of the Clone Wars, which was, I think, in 2000 and um, something, 2015, 16, maybe, before season seven again, yeah. which was like um, early last year. When they finished Clone Wars, you know, they, they cancelled it and then brought it back on Disney Plus for yeah. season seven. Uh, so, we see the Coruscant cityscape, we see the Jedi Temple, which we saw in Book of Boba Fett with Grogu's flashback. But we see the Jedi Temple, and we see a uh, uh, Jedi Master leading the younglings, and then we see the 501st clone troopers attack in the, the sacking of the Jedi Temple. By the way, live-action clones, you noticed? Yep. Those were practical suits, they were. Those weren't CGI clones like they did in the prequels. Those were actual practical suits, which is great to see. It's really good. And good Clone Wars sound effects, you're hearing the lightsabers, you're seeing the pew-pew-pew of the blasters. It's great. You're, thr- you're thrust back in there. And then we see Tatooine. We see uh, some... Uh, we, d- we don't know whether it's Mos Eisley or Mos Esper. We're not really, I think it was Mos Eisley. Yeah. Was it possibly uh, Mos, Mos Eisley Spaceport? You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. There you go, thank you. Great. So I'll, I'll just keep, I'll smatter those in. I'll smatter those quotes in there, like a little, like a little salting, a little, mm, little morsel of Obi Wan goodness. So, and then we see him, the great man, Obi Wan Kenobi. He's working at a meat factory. He is. I can assume. I only thought it was like rock. <laughs> I only thought it was some kind of rock. Can you get those quartz, those red quartz <laughs> rock? Right? Yeah. I only thought it was like rock, but no, it's like packs of meat. I can assume. It is. I think it's crate dragon meat. I think that he looked like a big tooth or something, like a big scale or something yeah. like that. It was in the ground, so I assume it's like a crate dragon because we see them in both in in. Sorry, not Book of Boba the Mandalorian, Mandalorian season two. We see a crate dragon, fully grown. It's this massive worm-headed thing that sort of slithers underground. So it, when it blows up, it showers that pink meat. So we can assume that that is crate dragon meat that they're sort of carving up there. Possibly. And they check out. They they clock in on their gonk droid. Remember that? Yep, they that do. Was fun. And everyone takes his EOP, which is, I guess, Camel. Um, it's called Rue, if you don't know what it's called. It's from a book. Nice. Um, there's this EOP called Rue. That's the same one from Revenge of the Sith that he okay. writes. And rides him out into the desert, into his cave, and he lives in a cave. He does. Which was actually early concept for A New Hope. Oh, fair enough. Because initially, Obi-Wan was more of like a more of a crazy hermit wizard. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in the old... In... Well, not, not even in the old, in the film, if you watch the 1977 A New Hope, they call Obi-Wan like, oh, he's a crazy, Uncle Owen says, oh, that wizard's just a crazy old man. You yeah. Know, he's an old hermit. When in reality, Obi-Wan's like a wise sage. Yes. Because that was sort of Alec Guinness's change. Because Alec Guinness didn't really want to play a kooky, kooky wizard. He was like, oh, what if I play like a wise sage character? And Luke mm. Lucas was like, all right, you know. They made some alterations to the script. And instead of living in a, ca- uh, like a three, it was going to be like a three-story cave, like a three-level cave. Instead of that, he just lived in like a hut on the side of a cliff yeah, which is fine you know live in a little house but yeah the, the concept was he lived in a cave initially so that's why this Obi-Wan is in a cave because it's the same sort of story there but Obi-Wan goes back to his cave and then we go back we cut back to the town and yeah. we see a ship 
flying overhead. And this is uh, the Scythe. It is an Inquis Imperial Inquisitor transport, if you're familiar with it. Correct. It may have looked like something you might have recognized. You Rogue One. Fans of Rogue One on this yeah. show, aren't we? Yeah, but it's been um, like two years since we've seen it. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, it resembled. We can assume it resembled. We've not been given its classification as yeah. yet, I don't think. Um, but it resembles a Krennix Delta-class shuttle. Okay. The sort of black uh, wing, sort of uh, very curved forwards, angular, you know, but those sort of mandible things that jut out the front. It resembles that sort of Delta-class design, so we can assume it's possibly a Delta-class, another sort of variant of a Delta-class shuttle or something like that. So it has that sort of design, and it looks like Krennix Delta-class shuttle. So it has, that, the, it has that sort of protruding cockpit at the top yeah. as well. So... We can assume that it's we can assume that it's that, and also it's called the Scythe. Yes. Again, a cool name, but also relevant of. Um, it's also rele related to I think Darth Maul's scimitar yep. as well. So, which is not to be confused with the um, the Scythe class of um, battle cruiser. Yeah. From um, the MC one forty Scythe class battle cruiser, different from that. So, yeah, I, I, I love it, I like the design of the ship. It looks scary. It looks like a, one of those fearful. Sith transports that fly overhead and cast a great shadow. The silhouette is very important. Also, not to be confused with the Tie Scythe, which is a variant of legends, of legends, uh, of legends type of scythe. Also, not to be confused with um, the the Knight of Ren Vikral, who used a scythe. Not to be confused with that either. I think most people wouldn't be getting. I think most people aren't even don't even know it's called. I don't even, know the name of, don't even know the name of the ship. No, <laughs> uh, okay. So they, they rock up to Tatooine. The Inquisitors yes. fly in on their transport. And who turns up? Who's on the scene? So you've got this. There's three of them. Mm. I'm going to see if I can get these right. You've got a Grand Inquisitor. Yes. You've got the fifth brother. Yes. Which is the one with a hat. Yeah, the one with a hat, yeah. And then it's the second sister? No, no, that's from Fallen Order. Oh, is it? You mean the third sister? Th right. Reva, is it? Yes. Um... I can't remember the fifth brother's name. What's his actual name? He doesn't have one. Oh, okay. We don't know it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I don't know it then. Um, the Grand Inquisitor's name, I, I remember, the only thing I remember about the Grand Inquisitor's name is last name is Thanos. It's the only thing I can remember. Great. The Grand Inquisitor, I'm going to try and find I'll try. I'll try and look it up for you. Okay. Um, but I know the Grand Inquisitor's last name is Thanos. Nice. Because uh, he was a t he was originally a temple guard. He was. I learned about this. Which uh, is funny. Facebook. Which is funny because he demeans Reva. Yeah. For for being um for being lower than him, but really he was probably there on the same day Reva was in yeah. Order sixty six, protecting the temple because he was a temple guard. So, we know Grand Inquisitor kind of doesn't want to throw stones from his class house. So, yeah, the Grand Inquisitor is the leader of the Inquisitors. Correct. And he arrives on the scene, and. He in in the shuttle and they're looking for a Jedi. They, they walk into the they walk into the the bar, the saloon, and which I thought was very fun. I thought the visual was very funny because Tatooine's one of those sort of very uh, low class of the galaxy kind of really backwater worlds where even everything happens on Tatooine for yeah. goodness sake. But they turn up and they're they're in their like black armor and cool capes. It's really visually striking. They stand out, which I quite like as well. Yeah, I mean, I have it written down. Um, in my lovely little notebook. Yes, you've got some notes. Uh, I do indeed. Uh, first notes I have written down are on these guys. Specifically, uh, the Grand Inquisitor. Mm -hmm. He's kind of the one that's in charge of this whole scene. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I've not seen any of him before. I've not seen Rebels. Right, you've not seen Star Wars Rebels? Nope. He, because he's the original character from Star Wars Rebels. Yes. He's the main villain in season one. 
Um, so for me, and probably a lot of other people, this is their first introduction. If yes. you're just kind of casual fans of Star Wars, this is probably also the first time you're seeing him. Yes. Um, I, to be fair, I quite liked him because he's not, and you see this with him and Reva. Yes. He's very much, I'm going to tell you what I could do to you. I'm going to tell you what yeah. I could do, but I'm not going to do it because at that point you're going to give me what yes. I want. And we see that because he's telling the barman, like he's going through the whole scene of like, oh, right. a Jedi could arrive. You could, you know, be, things have been stolen from you. He could offer his hand yeah. and then you offer him refugee because he already knows this is a thing that's happening. And then Reva just kind of goes, I'm going to hit this Jedi who's just announced himself with a lightsaber. And uh, the Grand Inquisitor just stops her. Yes. She's like, no, we, we, it's like, I'm going to threaten these people. Yeah, yeah. But don't be too reckless and essentially try and chop his head off. <laughs> uh, Rakesh Thanos. There we is the go. Name of the actual name of the Grand Inquisitor. Um, but yeah, I like I like the way that because I like the way that he's more. It's, I feel like it's, yeah. more, it's more menacing when they it's say it because because then you're waiting for the time when actually they do it. And and also he looks now the trailer yeah. was very they didn't show much of him in the trailer but they did show people didn't really like because yeah. his head still looked a bit weird not like Powers have very big grand yeah. heads and his was kind of domey melony and he owned this sort of phantom of melon man or Mister Melon or whatever he's called yeah. on. on on the fan sites, he owned that sort of nickname. But he's not. He looks. He has the teeth. He has the teeth from that Bruce Spence wore in Episode Three when he played uh, Tian Medon, the portmaster in Uthpal City. Um, he has the Sith eyes, which we didn't he see. He does. He just had regular eyes in the trailer. Like what? He's not really not Sith. When people were saying, "Oh, maybe he's not full Sith yet," or whatever. Yeah. But no, he turns up and he has the Sith eyes. So obviously, that was done between then and the show. So he turns up. He has the Sith eyes. He's walking in. He's like the key to hunting Jedi is patience. You want to lure the Jedi out, and he's walking around. He's got the. He doesn't sound that bad. I thought the disconnect between Rupert Friend and Jason Isaac would be a bit more, but I'm able to suspend my disbelief. And hey, you yeah. know, maybe sounds a bit different, but he's a bit younger. You know, he's he's four or five years younger. So, and he's got the light. They've got the double bladers lightsaber, the, the spinny track that spins on. So. And what Reva does is he throws a knife towards the barkeep. Yes. And someone uses the force to stop it. And they've yes. got the Jedi. So they chase him down. She whips out a lightsaber. Boom. She goes to slash him. But Grand Cruiser stops her. Stops her. So and lets the guy get away. Yes. And then you see there's a bit of dissension in the ranks. There, there. is. Reva's after somebody. Reva's trying to hunt Kenobi here on Tatooine. Yes, Kenobi specifically. Yes. We don't know why yet. But no. he's trying to hunt, hunt him down. Whereas and everyone else in the Inquisitor... Uh, just, just want anyone they can find. Any of the Jedi, yeah, any of the Jedi. So, then we see more of Kenobi's life. He's living in the cave. He's having a bad time. He he's having a sleep. He's having nightmares. He's got a little Jawa friend. A little Jawa friend called he's, Tika. Tika, that's the one. <laughs> I have Tika. it written down because okay, I like great. him. <laughs> I like Tika as well. I like Tika. The you no, know, I uh, the Star Wars humor is few and far between. I think. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. You know, because I have it. Of, of Tika um, rocks up with his like little wares to sell yeah. his wares. And Obi Wan's like, oh, thank you. I like this little toy of a of a of a skyhopper. I'll give it to Luke. That yeah. kind of thing. And then he goes, and then Tika goes, oh, it smells really bad in here. In his in his Jawa voice, and then Utini. Yes. And all oh, these Jawa words. And Obi Wan goes, well, someone's stolen my my air conditioner. Basically, <laughs> his, his his evaporator yeah. has been uh, stolen. And then Tika goes, oh, I've got something for that. He pulls out the part, and then Obi-Wan looks at it and goes, you know, if you're going to steal my stuff, Tika, and sell it back to me, you can at least clean it up. And then Tika goes, well, cleaning costs extra. Yeah. See. And I thought, I got, I got a little trick out of that. Fun little joke there, because the Jawas are just ripping and stuff. They're out of control. They're just taking droids and taking things and rolling around in the sand crawler, 
and I like that. I like the little teacup. So after his Jawa mate goes off, yes. Obi-Wan decides to head over to another cave. He goes over to another sort of watch post. He does. Mountain range that you can yeah. see. And he sits there with his binoculars and he watches little Luke yes. Skywalker and Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew. And they're played by the actors from the prequels. Uncle Owen is Indeed. played by Joel Edgerton. And Aunt Brew is played by uh, Bonnie Pice, if I pronounce that correctly. Yes. So, and Joel and... Joel Edgerton does a great job. Really, really good. I really believe he is Uncle Owen. He has that same tone. He has that same, you know, you stay away from, from my family or be one. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something. That kind of thing. I like the way it, because when you first see them, and it happens a lot, especially in the first episode, you see other people that we're going to later on that kind of uh, are played and younger versions of people we know. But you see Luke and, like, he runs off. And then we're looking for him. And you just see him with like a little ha- little goggles on, a little hat. Yeah. Telling he's in a pod racer. He's in a pod racer. That was really fun. I enjoyed that. And it's like, oh, yep, I can believe. <laughs> I can believe you're related you to know. Anakin, the like, other guy. And then Obon sees it, Obon remembers <laughs> yeah. the, the, him flying the pod racer. And he's like, oh. You know, he remembers him in the Naboo Starfighter. So, And then he also has horrible nightmares of Anakin being burned alive on Mustafar. Yes. And having to cut all his limbs off and fighting him. And This... That whole kind of like nightmare sequence. The trauma of it. I'm hoping, and I think we'll get it. I'm because it happens again briefly in the second episode. And after the nightmares, he wakes up, mm. and he's asking for Qui Gon. Qui Gon, yes. As a part in the second episode, we asked him as well. But in in the first episode, he's asking for Qui Gon. Because at the end of episode three, Yoda says that he can teach Obi Wan to commune with the yes. dead, commune with the goat, the Force ghosts. Yes. And Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. We don't know whether. Liam Neeson, let's call him out, is going to be <laughs> in this series. Well, he has said that he is open to returning as Qui-Gon, but in a film. Yeah. So we don't know whether he'd be open to TV roles. Yes, because also the last time technically he was in it was... The uh, Clone Wars. Well, not not even that. Well, yeah, but he was also technically in uh, Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker yeah, but it, but that, that wasn't even a new voice line. But he had to take a old voice line and cut it a little oh, bit. Oh, I see. Um, so he didn't even like rec- I don't know if he was busy or if they just didn't get him in he or- was in Clone Wars he, I know he was in Clone Wars he played Qui-Gon for two episodes in Clone yeah. Wars so I don't know whether they tricked him or something but um, <laughs> hey hey, come in Liam it's just for a film it's for a I, film Liam I think we'll get Qui-Gon lure him into a voice booth I think we'll get Qui-Gon but I think we'll get Qui-Gon right at the end yeah. and I think it's after that point Obi-Wan won't need advice because he's figured it out and that's going right. to be the whole point of you didn't need me because you mm. know what you're doing okay. um, I reckon we'll see him I yeah, hope me we too. do. I really hope. Either, if it's just his voice or something, or yeah. just get him, you know, it's not that hard. So if like, he, he can do Derry Girls, he can do this. Let's be realistic. Yeah. I mean, Qui-Gon is... Because even like in, in the latest Star Wars films, you see where like, Obi-Wan comes back, and Anakin comes mm-hmm. back, and, and Yoda's back as the Force Ghost and stuff like that. Where's Qui-Gon in that sequence, man? I know like Luke didn't know him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But still. So... He's then, still there. Then we had, yes, he's calling out to his master, yeah. Qui-Gon. He's trying to get his advice and things like that. So and even then, even through Attack of the Clones, he was talking about Qui Gon and things. And because obviously Dooku was Qui Gon's master before yes. Qui Gon took Obi Wan and things, and Dooku was trained by Yoda. But we have we cut from Tatooine, yeah. Do we not? We do to the to the blue sea and g- blue sky and green grass and beautiful buildings of Alderaan. Now I didn't expect that. I had no idea this was coming. No, I didn't. Apart from one thing, right? In a trailer, there's a hand. 
that's holding a, a, the circular droid. Yes. And it was revealed that this droid, who this droid's belonged to, this droid belongs to. And I was like, how are they going to do that? They're not going to do that. They can't show that. Yeah. But suddenly, we, we see Alderaan. It's there. It's like episode three. Yep. It's got the big, the big sort of uh, really tall spire, white spire city, you know, that kind of thing. Tall skyscrapers and things like that. And it's Alderaan. They're like, oh, my goodness, we're doing this. And I had no idea. So... Really great surprise as well, and they, and, they, and even in the recap they say you see Bail gone and he says we will take the I will take the girl to Alderaan to Alderaan. Yeah, we've always wanted a, a daughter, that kind of thing. So and then we see him, we see uh, Briha Organa, and we see Bail Organa. Jimmy Smits is yeah. back. So and we see young Princess Leia. She is there in a tree. In a tree. What do you think of the inclusion of the other side of the Skywalker family, effectively? I liked it because, one, I wasn't expecting it, and I thought it was a really good job because as soon as it came up, mm-hmm. and I know it wasn't her who was getting dressed up, but you were supposed to think it was, um, when they were kind of like dressing this person, I thought, oh, is this... I thought, oh, is I thought... I was like, this looks... Yeah. Because I, 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 I wasn't expecting Leia to be in it at all, and I thought, this looks like... Leia, but I was like, well, she'd be young. Yeah, like, this looks like a young Leia, and then it wasn't until later on where you see her in a tree with a uh, Lola. Her droid is called. I don't know the classification. Right. Okay. But I know it's called Lola. Um, and she's like, oh, look at these ships, and she's putting all the ships yes, out. And, yes. Yes. Oh, that ship's hunting for pirates. Yeah, it was a, it was um, a, it was an Aqualish uh, yeah. Ranger. Hopefully not hunting for Hondo. No, hunt me, Hondo Onaga. I'm, I'm hoping he the doesn't appear in this. Greatest pirates in the galaxy, but. We've got yeah, and actually the, the ship just she sees a, a tri-wing shuttle, yes. which is actually the shuttle that General Grievous used to kidnap Palpatine. <laughs> is actually I know that I know that for a fact that General Grievous used a tri-wing shuttle in the Clone Wars to kidnap Palpatine. So she sees that ship, she sees an Aquilus Ranger and stuff like that, and she runs off with a droid called Lola, yep. like a cute little little probe, it's droid. nice droid, nice little droid with little fluttery wings, and goes off with them. And her mother Brie Hirokana, who I just figured out isn't played by the same actress from Episode Three. I thought she was. She's right. not. Um, so she's got a new actress for that and of course Jimmy Smits is always a class act he's a great guy we like Jimmy we're big fans of Jimmy Smits on this show you know Dexter and um, <laughs> I think I think he was in Dexter wasn't he I think so maybe yeah. so so you had Jimmy Smits Dexter episode th- Rogue One again yeah veteran Star Wars actor Jimmy Smits uh, he is he's around and he's like oh we must get ready for the ball you know yes. the, the political ball and things like that and there's a nice little nod when he's at the ball one of his like mates or one of his political friends says you know the empire's finally starts to you know line our pockets yep. which is a good tease for Andor because yep. you know that Andor's got a great deal of imperial corruption that's sort of to Correct. get into the galaxy get into the galaxy so then but Leia's not interested no. Leia doesn't like all the political stuff. No. She, she does little carry very well. The she line, does. Especially when she kind of puts down her cousin. Like, oh, I have a t- <laughs> if you think I'm an idiot, you should see yourself, mate. That kind of thing. And I think well, that's like that's very young Carrie. That's very sort of Carrie Fisher's you know, feisty Leia, and I like that. Young, Yeah, young Leia in this, and um, especially in the second episode, is very good. Mm. Um, the whole kind of ball sequence is great. I like the fact that you see other droids. Um, mm. Y.O. is there. C-3PO is there. We see very, sh- very short second we see him. Um, I, you can instantly recognise the voice. It's Anthony Daniels doing it as well. Yeah. I don't know whether they've, whether he's called new lines for that or whether that's sort of reused footage or reused re- 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 uh, audio. I, mean. 
but it sounded like New Line to me. He was he's, translating. Yeah, I mean, he's carrying on the whole thing of I want to be in every single Star Wars thing yes, that's made. Yes, protocol droid. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm going to be in anything. Even if it's not C-3PO, which sometimes it hasn't been, but it's, no, I'm going to be in yeah. everything. He's a protocol droid. He's a playing the C-3PO. And, and he looked great as well. Really nice. Yes. Really. I, I almost forgot that he was with them. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. He does belong to Bail Organa. I forget he belongs to Captain Antilles. Yeah. Who is the captain of the Tanta V4. So... And then Leia, she runs off from the bow. She wants, wants to run in free in the woods. She's running around the woods, and then she suddenly turns, yes. and it's it's Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, there he is. Standing there. Correct. Um, who, I, I feel like I caught it immediately, but I, initially I thought it was Nick Gillard, who yeah. was the stunt coordinator for episode three, if he shaved his head because he was bald for episode three. But I initially thought, well, is that Nick Gillard? But then I realized, hold on, no, that's Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's here. He was here. Which is weird. So it's nice to, it's nice to see him. Yeah. Well, I think it's when he opened his mouth. I think when he started talking, I'm like, yeah, that's Flea. So, I mean, Star Wars does the whole thing. Of, we're going to bring in people who have like a yeah. very, very limited character role. We're just going to bring him in. So get him in. Yeah, and it's great to see him, you know. And Flea does some acting. He's been in, um, he was in Back to the Future. He was. He was in um, Baby Driver recently, in 2017. So, he was in the Thornberries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he was in the Thornberries. He was, wasn't he? yeah. So, Plays for a little kid. Yep. And it's nice to see Flea. Yeah. It's really, you know, it's nice to see him. So, he's knocking about. He's playing a bounty hunter. He is. And they're chasing him and his gang, chase down Leia through the forest and, and take her. Correct. Kidnap her. Yes. On, on, the, on their ship. And they're flying towards Dayu, which is this new city, cityscape planet. Yes. And Obi-Wan, he wants, no, he wants none of it. He's no. Looking, he's going back to his cave. And he sees they've sent him an, an, an very sort of Leia-like help message. Like, you know, help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our well, only hope. Well, we're not send, even sending him. We're literally calling him. Yeah, they're calling him on his hologram thing, which yeah. he's never used. It's, no. out of, it's out of use. He's like, what's, who's, who's phoning me on the phone? And he clicks the button. It's Bail Organa. And he's like, you must help us, Obi-Wan. So he must respond to the call. But he doesn't want it. He says, no. get some. Hire a bounty hunter. Hire someone yes. else. Call, ring someone. Ring Yoda up. You know, even though probably I realise you can't reach Yoda. Yoda's probably got none of that technology. <laughs> no. Yoda's got nothing. Yoda's in a heart in a swamp. Yoda is doing. Soup. Yeah, Yoda's doing what Obi Wan should have done, which is not have one. Not have nothing at all. Yeah, Yoda's doing. Yoda's <laughs> got his feet up. Yeah. In the swamp, you know, but Yoda's having a whale of a time. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. That's all he's doing. Exactly. Yoda's just. Yoda's just. You know, sipping sipping pims by the by the waterside. Yeah. By the swamp side with his little hut, you know. So, apparently Yoda has two hearts. Don't know how, that little fact about Yoda. Wow. Yeah, two hearts on Dagobah. One for the one for the dry season and one for the rainy season. <laughs> he's a well, he's a, he's a smart man. Yeah, exactly. Prepared. So prepared. And, you know, but they don't ring Yoda. They have to ring Obi-Wan. They're like, yes. help us, help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. And everyone's like, no, he's, he's not going to do it. No. But then, Bale turns up. He goes to the <laughs> cave. And he's like, this is where you've been living, Obi-Wan. You must help. You must rescue Leia. And then everyone's like, oh, I must watch the boy. I must stay with the boy. Yeah. But everyone's the only one who can do it. He's a Jedi. He has to get back into the fight. So he goes out into the desert on, on Rue and he finds the lightsabers in the case. He finds yes. Anakin's and his. I like the fact in this interaction that there's a part when they're talking and he's saying that he has to stay for, he has to stay, he has to look, for, look after the boy, he's got to stay. And then there's a part where Bail just turns around and just goes, this isn't about the boy and you know it. Mm. Essentially saying that he knows that Kenobi's he doesn't want to leave because he doesn't want to leave yeah he's he's been here for 10 years he's staying out on not purpose. gone anywhere for 10 years and he doesn't really know what to do yes um and he goes oh uh um 
say like save a boy's sister or mm. so, i forgot what it says something about like doesn't his doesn't his sister deserve to be looked yeah, after as yeah, well or something. Yeah. um and oberon's essentially forced to leave forced <laughs> to leave and it's all according to reva's plan reva has a vendetta yes. against kenobi she's she hired flea and the bounty hunters and she, she says if you if you bring this girl to to die obi-wan will follow obi-wan yeah. will come for him for her, sorry. Yes. So they take the ship, and I swear, for a second, I thought it was Cad Bane. Because <laughs> the ship they use look like, looks like Cad Bane's Justifier from the Bad Batch and Clone Wars. I thought, I thought that's Cad Bane, but it's not. No, it's kid. not. So, but for a second, I thought it was. It was very like, you know, Ki- Cad Bane kidnaps Omega yes. in Bad Batch. I thought it was like that kind of situation. But, no, it turns out it's not Cad Bane. It's not. So, they've got Flea instead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So... They're they're taking her to Dayu and it's up to Obi Wan to go. So he takes the he takes the Star Wars equivalent of like a bus, like yeah, a public transport. The woman, the woman, this this woman turns up and she goes, "Are you coming or not, Obi Wan?" And then he's like, "Hmm," and then he decides to, to finally carry on and go on the ship, and that's where we end the first episode. Wow, kind of. Well, because this this episode ends in for me it ended three different times because because right. there's there's a point where Bell turns up. And then he decides to leave, and then it yeah. like cuts to black, and then it pauses for a bit. Then it comes back. Yes. And then there's this bit, and then it pauses. It goes black, and it pauses for a bit, and then, um, and then some, or something part before that. There's certain parts where you think, oh, okay, it's ended now. Well, we and see. It comes well, back. <laughs> it turns out that earlier in the episode, we see that the, the Inquisitors have got to Nari. Yes. Strung him up. Yeah. By the I just thought they hang, yeah. they like hang they like guillotine hanged him. I thought that. And I was like they had him by a noose. I'm like, oh my goodness. But no, they've just kind of strung his arms up, I guess, and cut him cut him across. Yeah. So they got to the Jedi eventually. And Kenobi's like, oh it motivates him to leave because they're gonna keep hunting for Jedi and yeah. Tassoin. So if he's not there then they're not gonna be able to find him. So then they head off he heads off to Dio and that brings us to the second episode. Yeah. Um Oh, there's also a part uh, a bit after when does it take place it's after Obi-Wan had just come back from work and yeah. Owen throws the toy back at Obi-Wan yes, like, yes. stay away from stay away from the boy yeah. and then there's a part where the Inquisitors come back and they, they single Luke out because Reva can essentially sense that he knows something Reva can sense uh, Owen says that he yes. knows the Jedi and, and then Owen denies it yeah. but he says I'll, I'll start cutting off people's hands but she does she does because some woman's like you've got no power yeah. here Inquisitor and then she's like oh yeah slash I like your hand and she's a very quiet woman yeah no scream no cry of pain no yell no grunt nothing she's just completely silent once her hand's cut off I guess that works pretty much I guess it works then but I um, mean as a whole as a first episode I thought it was a yeah, strong yeah very start. strong very strong did we consider a real rating for this I I was between two right um, I was torn between a uh, 8.5 or a 9. I was going to hit a 9. The only reason why I'm thinking maybe not a 9 is because at the end of the series, maybe I'll be like, okay, the first wasn't as strong as I thought it was. Maybe right. it's, maybe it's just hype. Maybe because the first episode, okay. I'm like, yeah, great. Yeah. And then maybe at the end of the series, I'll be like, okay, calm down a bit now. Well, we've got two ways to go. It'll either get better or it'll get worse. It'll mellow out, perhaps. Um... Yeah, I mean, like we'll, Boba Fett did. we'll talk about the other episodes. Yes, a later um, date when they're all out. In about four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say quickly, the first episode, I think I prefer to the second. The second one's still good. Right. Um, but I prefer the first. But I think, yeah, it's about an 8.5 to a 9. 
Okay. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to hit a nine. I'm going to hit a nine. Okay. I'll. You go put five. I'm not going to be ashamed. I'll hit a nine. Okay. I'll hit a nine. Um, no, it was good. It was strong. I like the fact that there's no, there's like no action in it at all. There's no fights, no combat. No, no not nothing. yet. Yeah. It's very, it's very clear. It's very clear cut. It's very sort of yeah. steady. It's giving you some, some setup. It's setting up who the enemies are. Um, no T's evaded, not yet. Um, and then we've got we see the Inquisitors, and they're enough of a enough of a threat. Uh, you should know the um, the actor behind the Fifth Brother. It's uh, Sung Kang. Sung Kang, yes, from Sung Kang from Fast, Fast and, and Furious. Furious. Yes, indeed, too fast, too furious, too Sung, too Kang. Yes, he's there, and he's the Fifth Brother, and he looks good. The makeup looks great. He doesn't sound he doesn't sound the same as he does in Rebels, and he's not as big as he is in Rebels. Yeah, but. Still, I, I appreciate the fact they're bringing in these characters. With the, there's something, a little something about the Grand Inquisitor we won't mention yet, but <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future episodes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there, and if um, if they decide to adhere to canon or not. Yeah. We don't really know. Well, this is established to be canon. Yes. So what we can assume spoilers happen to the Grand Inquisitor isn't isn't permanent. No. Let's use that word. So. Just a little bit of um, a little bit of background, perhaps, if you like it for um, our few last few minutes here. Go for it. We have um, Ewan McGregor. Hello yep. there. Uh, talked a great talked a great deal about his character of Obi Wan Kenobi and his characterization. He says he's looking to move closer towards the Alec Guinness portrayal yeah. of Obi Wan. You can hear that in the voice, even though you can hear that in the voice. Well, this is one of the things that I when we talked about the trailer a couple months ago, whenever it was, I forgot to mention this. This is, I believe. The last time canonically we see Kenobi until Alec Guinness, uh, <laughs> Guinness takes over. In fact, no. Is it not? Rebels. Oh, okay. Season three, uh, I think episode nineteen, Twin Sons. Has he, has, he got, has he got short grey hair? Does he still look fight, like? Fight. He... No, he's, he looks like Alec Guinness. Okay, good. Because I want to see near the end of this, him able to start going grey, maybe his hair shorter, right. some kind well, of transition into that. He's got nine years for that to happen, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. He's got nine years for that to happen. People are saying, oh, how can he go from that's what I mean. to, to Alec Guinness in nine years? Just give us, like, a little start of it. Maybe right. a couple of grey hairs, maybe his hair's a bit shorter. Some beard, kind of little hint. Beard yeah. grey, you know. Just some kind of hint that at some point it makes more sense that's why he looks mean. like that. Yeah, because initially it was like, explained as two things. Yeah. A, Tatooine is just murder on you. On, on you. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, everyone on Tatooine is just really old. So that's why it grows, you know, the skin does you. Yeah. Because that's why Luke got off of Tatooine at like age 20. Yeah. And didn't come back for a while, so he doesn't age rapidly. And two, everyone in Star Wars apparently just ages horribly. <laughs> Star Wars is just a universe where you will age and age and age. Unless you're Bo-Katan, then you're, then you're somehow fine. Yeah. And so, you know, and when you're Boba Fett and you're 40, you're like you're about 60-odd, you know. But that's I think that's explained as, you know, being the Sarlacc pit and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yes, he tries to... Bring his Kenobi closer to the portrayal of Alec Guinness. Uh, he says he's more, you know, broken, faithless, beaten. I mean, he's given up. He's given up the fight, he says. He even says yes, it himself. he does. He's given up because they've lost. They've lost the war. And he feels pity. He feels guilty for letting, for leaving Anakin for dead. And, yes. And Deborah Chow, the director of the series, was intrigued that Kenobi might still care deeply for Anakin and might want to, you know, redeem him, even though he doesn't know what's his fate as of yet. And he can't sense him. Mm. So... A very emotional version of Kenobi, and I really like that. You know, as he says, it's the very emotional side of Kenobi, as opposed to you know Alec, Alec Guinness's you know Zen master. You know, you've taken your first step into a larger world, that kind of thing. Where Obi Wan's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. 
I'm going, I'm going around. I'm, I, who am I? Kind of thing. I, yeah. I appreciate that. That he's more lost and he's more. Because after something shocking like that, his entire order, the Republic falling to the ground, the Jedi Order in tatters. You know, all his friends are dead. Yeah. So he's, he's, and he's left alone, having to watch this. The child, Anakin's child. So Anakin's son and daughter. It's. I really appreciate that side of it, and to play with that that level of trauma for his character. Yeah, it's really good. So, but for the weekly wreck Correct. this week, yeah. what do you have for us? So I'm taking it away from Star Wars. Okay. But uh, I'm keeping it you and McGregor. Right. Uh, I'm recommending Christopher Robin. Wow. Okay, go on. Take from a, Christopher Robin. From four years ago. Mm-hmm. So Christopher Robin, for people who are unaware for some reason, uh, is the kid in the Winnie the Book series of Winnie the books. Pooh. Books. Yes. Yeah. So Winnie the Book. Yeah, that makes sense. Winnie the Book. Um, yeah, he is the essentially the kid mm. who is around with Tigger and Winnie and mm. Eeyore and Piglet and anyone else who's in that. The kangaroo as a rabbit yeah. as well and others that I'm probably forgetting. Um, and it's just a, a, a book about essentially this... A hundred acre wood. Yeah, but it's like he's he's a he's a a grown man who has these creatures around him and he can yeah. see them. And I can't remember if it's been a while since I've watched it. I can't remember if other people can also see them or not. If it's just him. All right, okay. Um, but it just kind of tells that story. I mean, he grows up when he has to re- return to the old world of the yes. wood and Winnie the Pooh is there and stuff. Yeah. It's um, I've, I've, I think I've, I've got, a, got a good memory of this film. It's been a while, but I remember it being good. I remember enjoying it. I remember the craze of making every single... It, it, <laughs> it, it hit. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. It hit at that cr- in the middle of the craze where everyone was turning every Ewan McGregor role into Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. To the point where they'd, me- that they'd effectively memed, as the kids say, they'd memed the trailer to that very infamous moment where Ewan McGregor turns around on the bench and he goes... Poo, and then and then Winnie the Pooh pops up and says, "Hello, Christopher Robin." Yeah, you know, they've memed it to the point where Obi Wan turns around on the bench and goes, "I said Obi Wan." Where you McGregor turns around <laughs> on the bench and goes, "Hello there," and then and then Winnie the Pooh pops up with four lightsabers and goes, "General Kenobi." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That's that's perfect." So even look, Star Wars celebration has literally become get the Star Wars actors to say the Star Wars memes, right? Yes. Um, there's clips of Matt Wood saying General Kenobi and I, I've seen a clip I've seen a couple of clips um, Ian McDermott kept coming up on my, on my yeah, social he do, media yeah he keeps saying like, them he's like it's, it's telling us about George Lucas and we, first off he sounds like Palpatine it's he when, when he, he talks yeah. it's very weird but yeah he'll just he'll say it and he'll realise that he's saying it and he'll go, he'll go oh yeah George, George George made me do it he goes I'll do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> oh, I love that! It's I think great. I've seen that clip as well. It's really good. They were doing some sort of scene, weren't they, or something? Yeah. And it, and it's, it's, it's like he, it's like he realised he said the quote, so he has to backtrack to yeah, say it again. Yeah. George, George, George said, "Oh, just do it, <laughs> do it, yeah, do it." <laughs> and at the end of the panel, I think it was another thing. At the end, he says he gets asked, um, "Can you say?" Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And he says, oh, I don't use the Palpatine voice for that. Then <laughs> he, he just says it anyway. He goes, yeah. did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And then, and then the crowd goes, the crowd explodes. And they did it as well for um, the Boba Fett um, so like like a banther and stuff yeah. like that. There was a panel. There was um, a panel for the um, Attack of the Clones is 20 years old. Yes. So they did a panel with... Um, Anthony Daniels, C-3PO, Doug Chang, other concept artist, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew Wood for the sound, yeah. um, John Knowles, who works on ILM, and I think Dan, uh, Ewan and Hayden, and then Daniel Logan, who played Young Boba Fett, and Tamura Morrison, who played Jagger. Yeah. 
and they got them all up on stage and then when they sat when Ashley Eckstein who was the voice of Sokotano who was hosting the panel leans over to um, Daniel and Tem and says so Daniel and Tem and then she's just about to start the conversation and someone yells from the front row like a ban- like a banther and she looks over and she's like what then it starts a chain of people saying <laughs> like a banther so the audience goes like a like a like a banther and then, and then and then Matt Ward leans over and goes they're saying like a banther <laughs> and then Tem starts doing the the action like he's riding the speed of like and then and he even said that line was ad-libbed he said he said that line wasn't in the script and he thought well how can I relate riding a speeder bike to the Tuscan yeah. Raiders he goes so they yeah guys you ride the speeder bike like a panther <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he says it's become the easiest line that he can that he can autograph now yeah you know he takes he says that writing Django quotes like oh I'm just a simple man making my way in the gas he's really long where well, he can write like a panther really easily I mean to be fair I think I think Ian McDermott has that down because you can either write do it, which is two letters, because yeah. four letters, four letters, or you just write like words. unlimited power, which is two words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's it. You you've got it done. <laughs> Ian McDermott has it sorted. Or like, oh, good, one yeah. word, four letters. You know, it's like great. <laughs> or we can write good with like fifteen O's. Yeah. You know, when Palpatine goes good, <laughs> you can write good with like ten O's and you'll be fine. So. Yeah, he has got it. He's, he has he's got it. Right. He's got it now down. You know what? Ian McDermott is so game for Star Wars. I love it. He he's such like he's in his what seventies, eighties now. Yeah. Bless him. And he's still getting stuff for Palpatine. And he shows up for with convention. He was at when I went to Comic Con in Birmingham um, last year. He was there with Hayden. Yeah. And I heard him on stage. I didn't see him, but I heard him on stage. And I was like, oh, he sounds like he's having a great time. I bet he's just so game for it now. I bet he's just got to that age where you know what? I'm going to pack acting in. I'm just going to get all my money from going to conventions and doing Palpatine. Yeah. And saying, do it. And saying uh, unlimited power and actually <laughs> Darth Plagueis the Wise, which is great, and I really enjoy that. And it's really nice to see the fans like come round on Hayden, especially. I was going to mention of this. Who, when Hayden comes on stage, people are loving it, people are cheering him, and I really hope I hope he's happy now, and I hope he's sort of at peace in a way. Yeah. When the people, the amount of the amount of hate the people's got, and people with negative reviews must have done horrible for him. He looks, oh, he looks so tired most of the time. But I really, I hope he's happy, and I hope he's content with the fact that the fans like embrace him now and love him. It's one of those things where um, I was watching a YouTube video, which is uh, they said Obi-Wan, which is you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Um, they're like they're sitting at a table, and you can like agree on the left, you can strongly agree on the left, you can disagree on the oh, right, yeah. strongly disagree. And one of the things was um, are the prequels underrated, and they talk about how both of them after doing the prequels. They they didn't really ever hear anyone talking about it good because there wasn't like social media or anything. There's not yeah. people, there's like people on Twitter being like, oh, I really like this film. We're defending yeah, characters yeah. and stuff. All they heard was the negative stuff. Mm. And it is good seeing Hayden come back and and kind of getting more of a, a positive review and yeah, kind of people actually liking him now and mm. and not getting hate for it. And it's because I was, I mean I'm happy he's back. I, he, I he, love yeah. Because part of me is also surprised he's back. Because part of me is going. If you've got that hate and you've been offered to come back, he could have so easily said no. Yeah, no, I don't do it. They're gonna, they're yeah. gonna dislike me. But the fact that I think, especially in the last few years, like since like I don't want to say since the sequels of Coco came out, <laughs> yeah, but since the sequels have came out, everyone's really softened on the prequels. So everyone likes them, yeah. And there's you know they've got that meme culture that is where like the so bad it's good, yeah. kind of thing where it's the circular narrative where it gets to that level where you can just you can love it for its sort of silliness and um for its sort of deepity if you look at it and it's got to that culture now where i feel like everyone's really 
come around on the prequels, they've come around on McGregor and yeah. and Hayden, and I think that's the best parts of the saga and stuff like that. Even like when when Matt Wood was talking about changing the sound of the battle droid voices, because there was a there was a Q&A part of the panel, and someone asked like, oh, the battle droid voices changed from episode one to episode two, and Matt Wood said, oh, we did that because they were controlled by the control trade federation control ship, and they had those sort of deeper, more mechanical voices. Yeah, and they changed that because they're actually made on sort of crappier processes and the separatists didn't really make them very well. Yeah. So they changed from, you know, the more robotic voices into the Roger, Roger, look out, <laughs> Roger, Roger. You know, and he does that voice on stage and everyone starts cheering. So it's that great, you know, the recollection of the Star Wars culture that's really been uh, cultivated, to say it again. Yeah. Um, that people are just really enjoying it. And I'm, so, I'm really happy that, they've, that Hayden's back and that he's, and that he's doing well and Ewan seems really content as well with it. So even the new stuff, even bringing like Joel Edgerton and um, Ronnie Pricey again, so, yeah. which is great. And I know the one slight thing about Kenobi, I've just got to mention, again, we go back to the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. Um, they've cast Rupert Friend, who is a, a great actor, mm-hmm. really good. Um, I don't know why they couldn't get Jason Isaacs. I don't know whether <laughs> we'd be game for it or something like that, or they couldn't reach him, but... I know they see they, they they like to keep a very good level of continuity. Yeah. Even though it's not the first time they've done it. Like Ahsoka isn't played by Ashley Eckstein. She's played by uh, Rosario Dawson. So obviously it was done with Ashley's blessing and, and you know yeah. Ashley has a great deal of knowledge on Ahsoka and it's still being controlled by Dave Filoni, who knows everything there is to know about Ahsoka and Star Wars, so it's done with the same amount of care. I feel like it's done with the same amount of care no matter who it is. Yeah. So there's Rupert Friend, Jason Isaacs, and the same thing with Ashley Eckstein, who seems to be really, who seems to really like Rosario as well. And Rosario is obviously key to to play this character and, and has knowledge of it as well. But there was that moment, there was that moment where Ahsoka was on stage with Ewan, with Hayden, with Tamura, and it was like we're having a live action Clone Wars. It was like Rex and the clones are there, and Ahsoka and Obi Wan and Anakin's there, and that moment where Ashley looks across to Hayden and calls him Sky Guy. And says it's nice to meet him for the first time, and and the crowd just starts starts cheering and and hollering because it's Anakin and Ahsoka meeting. It's oh, it's magical. It really is. Anything to oh, add nah. on that? I think that's it. All right. See you next week. No, <laughs> <laughs> no um, yeah, but we've. This has been. We always enjoy the month of May, don't we? Yes. Star Wars month is really, really good for us. It gives us loads of content. Again, Andor is coming out on August thirty first. We've got the Bad Batch in fall near September time, I think. So yeah, we'll we'll catch up on some of them. We'll definitely keep up to date with our Star Wars content. So even if not May next year, I'm sure there'll be loads of things. It's really business always. Business always is good. Yes. Business always picks up around about this time of year for Star Wars. So and it's good for us as well. Yeah, it is. But we want to thank you very much for tuning in to our May the 4th Star Wars month. We start off a bit early with Phantom Menace. We did. But we've had to cover Moon Knight, but there we are. And we'll be coming back to Star Wars, I think, very soon when everyone wraps. And whenever Andor comes out in the yeah. Bad Batch, we'll do, our, we'll do our normal thing of the first episode and then do the rest. But we hope you enjoyed. We certainly did. Did you have a good time, Corey? I had a very good time. Excellent. So it's a goodbye from me. Uh, uh, yes it's a goodbye for me indeed may the fourth may the fourth be with you (laughs) may the force be with you all always so goodbye for me goodbye and goodbye from Corey goodbye